just love everything about it. I'm so grateful. Uh, I was not raised in church, so I, I didn't know how church worked and, and, and came to Christ because the church did an outreach. So I, I, I was not a person that was looking for church. I was looking for God. But how many knows that sometimes people that are not looking, God is looking for them. And so thank God the church made a move towards me when I was far from God. And I, I got to go to church. And, and I was so grateful. A little small church in my, my, where I grew up, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they, they gave me a pathway. They, hey, go, get in a small group. Go to a growth track. And I'm grateful for the pathway. You have one of those here so that church doesn't have to be a mystery to you. You can be a part of family. So that's the heart of this house. And then your generosity, you're making a difference in people's lives with the back-to-school outreach. Pastor Herbert has talked about that. He kind of convicted me. I, when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give five. Then he gets up here and talks about getting 50. Brother, I'm going to have to level up a little bit right now. I'm going to get on his level. And, uh, and, but I, I want to make a difference. I, I want to do what he said. I want to impact families. So that's who you are. You've always been a generous church, as you saw us planting churches. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then I love why you exist. I always go, every time I speak at a church, I go back to their website. And always look over the amazing things that are happening here for your students and, and kids and people getting baptized and the upcoming series. But I always look at the, 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 I look for that word of why we exist. And one of the themes here, and really it's a heartbeat of your pastor, is it's okay to, to not be okay. I've always loved that theme. But the reason why we exist, I'll say it again as the heart of this house, and, and, and that is to see change lives. And I'm so grateful for that. And, and I, you can see that happening across church life and comes right out of the heart of your pastors. And I just love Pastor Herbert and Timothy. They are the real deal. I mean, my goodness gracious. Uh, they are great leaders, integrity, but amazing family. I just love them. We, we're dear friends. Uh, we Commitment, loyalty. If you go into the spiritual dictionary of God and you look up the word dedication, it is a picture of Pastor Herbert and Tiffany. Could you clap your hands for your pastors? And they are—they—they they don't get much better. One of the great preachers uh, of our day right now is Herbert Cooper. Everyone asks Pastor Herbert to come preach, and and he's just incredible. He's just a great leader. We serve together in the Ark Lead team. So when you hear a video like that where I'm giving a report, uh, that is you. That's what you're doing. It's not what we're doing as an organization. It's what we're doing together as family. And your pastor is helping to guide and lead and architect that. So he's on our, our leadership team, our executive team. And so when we say, okay, we're going to plant 100 churches, Pastor Herbert's saying, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Or we're going to plant 45 churches. And so thanks a lot for being such a generous church and saying yes to church planting. And we've got some great cities that we're going to plant churches in in the next couple of years. You know, it's interesting that even during COVID, the pain that we're experiencing, we have more people right now that are in our church planter line than we've ever had in the history of ARC. Can I have a good amen for that? That's just amazing. More people want to plant a church and go into cities. So that's very, very encouraging. So making a difference. Uh, we're doing well as a family. Greetings from Birmingham. I pastored in Louisiana for 20 years. I'll talk a little bit about that. But I uh, serve now in Birmingham, a great church like this, multiple locations. Of course, welcome to all of our campuses and uh, multiple services, seeing people baptized, a lot of similarities in reaching people. Um, you know, we 
got dream builders, and, and we're excited about that, advancing the kingdom. And our family's doing well. Uh, got them all living in Birmingham now. We were living all over for a couple years, and all my family lives in Birmingham now together. And so it's an honor for Tim and I to be here. Tim's with me. He's one of our pastors. But let me show you one of our pictures. That's, that's the Rizzo's right there. We were, we were at a beach, and I was trying to get a picture where I stood up because I had a tight shirt on, but they made me sit down. So big man had to sit down. And so, because uh, that's what everybody else wanted to do. And so that's our, my, our, our baby right there. That's Isabella. We're moving her into our own apartment today. So a big, big deal, big deal, big deal. She's junior, going to Alabama. And so she's got her own apartment. So that's a big thing. That's uh, my lovely wife, Delenn. Her and Tiffany are, are, are buddies. And she's, she's a, oh, she, that's a Cajun girl right there. And she's, she's the best. And, and that's my son, Dylan. He's on our team. And then that's McCall, our oldest. She's married to McCall is an LSU football fan and graduated from LSU. He graduated from Alabama, and so every football season they have to do marriage counseling. And so because it's just tragic with, with those two. But uh, that's our family. Our family loves this family. And I always feel like family here. I've been praying for revival. You know, I always feel God here. Your worship team is phenomenal. I just don't you wish you woke up every morning and Shannon's just right there in the room, just glory. Ah, yeah, just let's go. And you bring the whole team to my house and everything. And I always feel, I, I leaned over to Pastor Herbert. I want to say this to worship team. I, I, I get to travel a lot. Uh, there's not many teams that create an atmosphere like you guys do. Can we honor our worship team? And underneath Pastor Herbert and Tiffany's there. Just feel good. Always feel God here. Always feel God. And I think there's an anticipation. And I think when you go into a revival moment like this, they're not just events and, and meetings. No, 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 no. We, we're going to come expecting tonight. And, and as I prayed for our time together, I, I just sat this morning and, and prayed for all of us together, believing God. I wrote this down. I said, I believe revival happens when hunger for God. I'm hungry for God. I'm not hungry for more news. Oh, come on. I'm not hungry for more social media. I'm hungry for God. And when I get hungry for God, and then that hunger for God meets a humble heart. Hey, I've not arrived. I, I, need, I, need, some, I need more. I, I'm not there yet. You know, and and when, that, when those meet, I believe it creates a harvest from God. Of miracles and supernatural. Ultimately, guess what? A harvest of lost people and of those that don't know. And we do it all for the glory of God. And then we live in this over and above life for God. So, so in hunger and humility, has this harvest. And then you and I get to live in that over and above, that overflow. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes. I want to talk about over and above. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this house of worship and all that's happening with kids right now. Lord, at every location, those watching online, Lord, our correctional facility, we bless them. Lord, I just pray right now, thank you for our pastors who just love you. And God, thank you for this house. And so, Lord, we're, 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 our hearts are open, hungry hearts, humble hearts. So, so pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Speak to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Look at the other person that was your second choice. Tell them, I will see you at Revival. Ha. We started a church in 1993, my wife and I, 
from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the south side of Baton Rouge, uh, and, and heading towards New Orleans. And so we, we loved it, and we, we got to start this church, and right we started it, somebody opened up a little building to us. It's a little small little building, and it's a small church, and right beside the small church was a thing called a parsonage. I don't know if you know anything about a parsonage. It's where they, they build a church, and then they build a little place where the pastor can live and his wife so that they can be on the property 24-7. Glory to God. That means people at your house all the time. My wife loves when people knock on the door at 4 a.m. Loves it. And then the other cool, amazing, blessed thing they came up with is so incredible, horrible, is the phone would ring at the church on Sunday morning, but then all the other times during the week, it rang at my house. Mmm, glory. Love it. Love it. And so we started our church, and I was pastoring there about six, eight months, and we're trying to grow a little bit. And one day I'm at the house, and the phone rings, and it's Sister Onita. Sister Onita, she Cajun. Oh, she Cajun. She let down the street. She let down, you go down, you go down uh, Hushitu, down by Hushitu, then you go down by, by Manshat, and then you come up by, by Manshat, and then you go by Antioch. And Sister Onita lived down there by Hushitu, and the Bayou Water's always going to come up down Manshat. And, and she called me, she said, it's Sister Onita, the water coming up Hushitu, it'll come out that Bayou Manshat, and you need river by the flood. I got Momo upstairs, I got kids out in the yard. Y'all going to come in and move me. I need to be moved, bring me a truck. My value man shack. Who should do? I'll see you a little bit, Pastor. God bless you. I said, What was that? Cajuns never finished their sentence. It's just, and so I, I'm like, Okay, I, I didn't, they, nobody taught me any of this in Bible college. And so I call a guy, get a truck. We call the only teenager in our church, and he's got muscles like Pastor Herbert. And then, uh, and then I go because I'm the spiritual oversight. I'm going to give a spiritual oversight to the move. We get down there. And Sister Onita's in his front yard. She got the kids in the yard. And Bayou Anshak is flooding. They're going to come up Amy River. They come down Hushitu Road. Come up my yard. We got to get my stuff out of here. Got to get Mama from upstairs. And so we, we start loading up stuff. And we know where to, we, I said, Where are you going to take this? I don't know, Pastor. You're my pastor. You're my pastor. And so, okay, so I, I, we got $300 in the bank. So we go get $150 and rent a storage unit. And so we go put our stuff in the storage unit. We get, we get Sister Onita out of the house. Uh, we put her in some, with some family, uh, and 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 then we and guess what? The flood water came up. Who should do? Came out the Amy River down by your man shack. All that happens floods our house, and then we get done. And but it's gonna take a little while. So so before we put move, move the furniture back in, we gotta rip all that carpet out. Come on, we gotta get all that pad out of there. We gotta get the tag strip. We gotta get the baseboards out of there. We gotta cut that sheetrock. If you're flooded, if you've never had a, a house flood, it's, it ain't nothing pretty about your house flood. And we go over there and we decide we're going to help her. We're going to lay that carpet. We're going we're gonna to fix all that. We're going to fix them door frames. We go over there, have to rent a, another warehouse for another month. Now, now how many of us, and now we, don't, we ain't got no money in the bank now. Come on, somebody. How many has ever lived on that air faith? Look at that checkbook. They're like $3. Glory to God. I got one more day to live. So we, we you know, we give it all. So I never forget the, the day that we got Momo back upstairs and got them kids back in the yard and all that happened and leaving that house, pulling out. And all I thought about was how glad I was that our church, we went all in. I'm glad we didn't go halfway. I'm glad we didn't see how little we could do. I'm glad we didn't just say, well, we'll, do, we'll just do a little bit. We're going we're gonna to pay for your furniture in the warehouse one month. 
But the other month, we're going to have to keep it outside. I'm glad we went all in. I'm glad we went over and above in that moment. And guess what? I do not regret that 35 years later. I'm glad we did. Because that's how the kingdom of God works. Sometimes I look in Scripture for one place that just says it all. I'm thinking about something God lays on my heart. And I think this is one of those moments. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, thinking about over and above. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, all of us, should give. Each of you should give. What you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion as some weird pressure, none of that. But then I love how in the middle of this teaching, the Bible says this phrase, for God loves a cheerful giver. Just pause there. For God. God, there is something God loves. We know that for God so loved the world, John 3, 16. We know that there's other places in Scripture that tells us things that God loves. But can I tell you something? I've searched all up throughout the Bible. There's not a lot of places that give specifics about what God loves. We don't know his favorite color. We don't know his favorite animal. We don't know his favorite food. But we do know that he loves man. He loves woman. He loves people. He, he loves you. He loves me. But then here in Corinthians, we get to find, we get a little window into something else that he loves. And it's that God loves a cheerful, everybody say cheerful. God loves a cheerful giver. And, and the, interesting, the word cheerful there in the Greek is the word hilarious, where we get the word hilarious. Can I tell you something? I like hilarious. I don't ever not want hilarious in my life. I don't ever stop somebody when they say, I've got a hilarious story to tell you. I need some hate. I'm going to tell you something so funny. No, no, no. Bring the negative. I always welcome hilarious. And, and the Bible says that God loves a cheer, hilarious gift. Not a giver that's in a bad mood. Not a giver that's complaining. Not a giver that's all, you know, messed up. Uh, a God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I, I, I met my wife, and, and, and I, I, I fell in love with my wife immediately. Right when I saw her, I'm in love with her. Gorgeous. I, I love you. And I went in quick. Yo, girl, girl. Like third day, girl. You need to look at me. You see me right here? I'm right here. I love you. She said, thank you. How many knows when you in love and they in like, hey, brother, hold up. Don't go get that ring. If you get that ring, you better get it on loan. Come on, somebody, hold up. You better be able to bring that thing back. But, you know, and so here's what I did. So she did not love me yet. But I found out what she loved. Therefore, I started loving what she was in love with. I found out she liked Pizza Hut. I never went to Pizza Hut. But she's like, I love Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut. It's the best ever. Gone my whole life. And then I found out her mother told me, oh, you know, Dylan loves those little precious moment statues. I went to every Hallmark 
in Baton Rouge about every little big-headed statue flying a kite, pushing a whale. I love them. I didn't know you love precious moment statues. They're my favorite ever. Because I love I loved her, and I was wa- I was wanting her to love me. So I started loving what she loved. Oh, come on, somebody. And guess what? As I begin, oh, y'all not hearing me. As I begin to love what she started loving, she started loving me. Next thing you know, she caught a glimpse of the total package. Come on, somebody. And she said yes to the dress. Hey. God. God. The redeemer of the world. Who sent his son. Forgives us of our sins. Heals our body. Frees us from addiction. God Almighty loves a cheerful giver. I want want that in my life. The the Bible goes on to explain what this looks like. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. I like this. They have freely scattered their gifts. That's what you're doing when you reach out to this communion, to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, thank God, will also supply increase. So there's bread for food, but then he wants to supply increase. Uh, For the store of seed will enlarge your harvest for your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you could be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can I have a good amen for God's word? I love that scripture. I love that it's in the context of farming. There's a sowing. There's a spreading. There's a seeding. Could you imagine a farmer who has all kinds of seed, been blessed with seed, and he has some acres of land. With the seed in the acres, he has potential. But it's only potential unless the seed goes into the ground. It's an idea it's possibility. There's great, there's a lot in the seed. But if he decides and he looks at the seed and says, I'm, I'm, I don't, because of the fear, because of worry and lack and limit, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hold on to my seed so I can see it. I'm going to hold on because I need to guide it. I can't bury it because then I won't see it. So I'm going to keep my seed in my pocket. I'm going to go put it in my nightstand. I'm going to hide it in my closet. He's going to hoard it. How many knows that what he doesn't realize is that if he hoards it and holds it and hides it, there will be no harvest, there will be no help, and nobody will ever get blessed. The fact of the matter, the more he holds it, the more he loses. And that's the fact. That's what the Bible is teaching us, that we live our life with an open heart, with an open hand. Uh, I had a great first pastor when I came to Christ. I'd never met a pastor, so I met, had my first pastor uh, when I was 18, 19 years old. He was a confronter. I don't know if you have somebody in life who, who enjoys confronting. Like they look to go, they look to go in, you know, and, and he, just would, he just was a blessing as a confronter. And at 19 years old, he pulled me aside in the foyer of the church, 
be confronting me about my giving. Like there's people standing right there, but get the people out of the church. Mr. Gino pulled me aside, told us first floor, and he uh, and he just said, hey, I'm, you're not giving. You, you've not learned the power of giving. This is the whole scripture. You've not learned over and above giving. He said, you, you don't give to the church. I've been in church six months. He says, you're not giving. I said, no, I think I give. He said, no, no, you're not tithing. You're tipping. That's not the God. He said, do you want God to only tip you, or do you want God to be your source? Boy, he was confronted. He like John the Baptist, you viper. You're a viper. But he knew something about life and love and leadership that I did not know. He taught me the power of giving and generosity. I made a decision at 19 years old to, to dis- that I was going to give my life uh, to Christ and, and for the ministry and for the, for the local church. And I was going to do it by, by giving. I was going to be a giver at 19 years old. I'm going to give through the local church. And I made a decision at 19 years old to do it two ways. I'm glad at 19 years old. And I want to explain to you because I think there are two different things. The first thing I decided is I was going to tithe at 19 years old. I, tithe is tenth. I decided that I was going to tithe, that when the Lord blessed me and the Lord helped me with my job and the Lord provided to me, tithe to me is the first tenth. But I see it as worship and love because God has supplied for me. I, he gave me ten Skittles. I'm giving one of them back through the local church, and it's kind of afterwards. I've been, I've been paid. I, I, I did my job. I, I, I did this. I did that. I got paid. I got blessed. It's from God. He's my source. Can I have a good amen? He, he, it, it all comes from me. I'm not, hey, I'm not an owner. I'm a steward, and it's just come, and, and I decided to be a tither, and I made that decision, and and I thank God that when it, when it came to me, God, I'm a God first person, consistently priority. I'm going to tithe, and I have, I made and, and I have done that. I am thankful. I, I've tithed every job I've ever had. When I worked at the Shark Teeth Hut, I was tithing. When I was laying carpet, I was tithing. When I was digging foundations, I was tithing. When I was washing cars, I was tithing. When I worked at the health club, I was tithing. When I laid sod, I was tithing. I never regret one tithe I have ever given to God. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. No regrets. FYI, I have some other financial regrets. I bought some dumb stuff. But I don't ever regret tithing. But I think there's a difference, though. The, other, the second decision I made that I do not regret and I think still speaks to my now, and I know it speaks into my eternity, is I made a decision to, to be over and above giving. I'm going I'm to be led by the, I'm going to feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to listen to the Holy And here's, tithe is afterwards. Lord, you've been good. Man, we've been working this job here. Lord, I'm, gonna get, I'm bringing it to the house of God. Offering is, is before. But it's before. I'm sowing it but into my future. I'll give you an example. It's when you forgive someone who has not asked you to forgive them. It's when you pray for someone and they, they, they don't even really deserve to be prayed for because they're so mean. But you're going to pray for them. It's when you give a kind word, when somebody gives you that cold-blooded look. Bless you. Amen. Love you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's an offering because that's before. It's, it's when you go to Popeye's 
chicken or, or Bojangles, and you feel led to get you two biscuits because you feel like you're going to find somebody and you're going to bring a. I, come on, I'm, a, I'm not just getting two donuts. I'm bringing a whole dozen donuts to work because I'm going to bless all these people that are so crazy that don't deserve none of these donuts. And, and I'm going to buy two biscuits. Hey, if I don't find anybody, glory to God, I'm double dipping. It's beforehand. I'm buying a backpack beforehand. Uh, I was with a pastor today. We were uh, in Texas. I get there early in the morning. He tells me to come early. So I get there like three hours before service. It's like 6 a.m. And he's out there. He's like, Lord, amen. We're praying. We're fasting. And we, we're going, where are we going? Israel first? Or are we going to come back? Or we, he's like, come here. Walk through the building. Walks me outside. Look. 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 He starts. Look. Oh my God. Look. I'm like, oh God. What are we looking at? He's like, 800 parking places. Our church gave over and above. $1.2 million over and above. Because the people are parking on the grass and our church is growing. People are turning away. And, and, and they gave it. They poured that parking lot. They paid for that concrete. They finished that concrete. Even before someone's ever parked on it. Even before they checked their baby in the nursery. Even before they brought their marriage up in church. Even before they brought their pain up into the house of God. Even before somebody prayed for them to get freed from addiction. It was beforehand. There's people that, that are not even there yet. I'm going to pull in that parking lot. I'm walking that church. People are going to say, God, it's so good to see you. That's beforehand. It's how the kingdom of God works. Can I have a good amen? So I made that decision. I, can I tell you something? I don't regret any of this. I don't regret any. I, don't, I do not regret any extra. I've ever done in the name of Jesus Christ. None, zero, not one cent. I, I, I want to break it down, give you some application before we leave and get ready for revival. Uh, I think there's a way that you can live in this. I'm going to give you two steps and two values. Two steps and two values. And I want you to write these down. Maybe at a campus, watch it online. Two steps and two values. Here's the first thing. Just start. Most important step of any journey is the first one. You plant seeds today that shape your tomorrow. Start in your today, though. You got to start in your today. You say, well, Dina, I, I'm going to do it when I get more. I'm about to walk out this building. No, you won't. No, you won't. You will not do it when you get more. You're not going to give half of your peanut butter and jelly sandwich away. You're not going to give half anything else away. If, if you don't, if you, it's harder to give when you get more. Man, when I had nothing, I was in Bible college, had like a pair of flip-flops, like a broke-up Walkman, a flat basketball. Here, take it all. Lord, you have it all. All of a sudden, now you get surround sound. Got like eight pairs of shoes. I'm good, Lord. I'm good. It, it's not easier when you get more. 
and, and don't ever be, and make a decision. I'm not going to be the person who lives my life about to bless somebody. You know, how many knows that I'm about to bless some, somebody ain't going to bless nobody? Um, how many knows an invisible backpack will not help a child in a classroom? The, the intention to feed someone does not feed their belly. So we're not going to be those people that just, well, I'm going to. No, no, no. Start today. Start tithing. I love at this church that they help you because sometimes this is hard. Sometimes this is difficult. I was not raised this way, so I had to learn. I love how they help you kind of get started. You need to go on the website and check this out. When you did the QR code, it popped up. And it's a three-month tithe challenge. It can help you get started. Because I think there are people all over the country, man, I want to, where do I start? You, you just get started. Start today. Start this week. Uh, here's the second thing is join a team. There's something powerful about being on a team. You feel investment. You feel ownership. You feel like we're in this thing together. I can't pour 800 parking places. We can. I, I can't dig a well in West Africa for people who have no clean water. We can dig wells. I can't plan 45 churches. Guess what? We can. I can't start a new location and, and go to a new area here in, the, in this region, but we can start a new location. So you join a team. There, the grace is spelled, I mean, a team equals more. We do things together. We can do more for the glory of God. It, it's an amazing thing. And then the last two kind of, those were two, two steps. These are two values. Here's the first value is this. Just make a decision that in my life I'm going to spread the love of God all over the place. I'm going to get full. I'm going to live over and above. And when people bump up in, beside me, when people run into me, when people get near me, then I'm going to spill the love of God on them. I'm going to spill the grace of God. I'm going to spill the mercies of God on people. I'm going to stain them with forgiveness and healing and opportunity and second chance and compassion and generosity and empathy. I'm just going to stain my world. Come on, church. Stain my workplace. Stain my classroom with the love of God. Because I'm not going to be that person when they bump me, I spill hate. I spill judgment. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to spill grace and mercy. Why is people's church growing and everybody in the world wants to learn from this church? It's because when they walk in these foyers, the carpets are stained with new beginning and forgiveness and a second chance and restoration and supernatural power. We spread the love of God. I don't know about you. It's been spread to me over and over and over again. And then the last thing we'll finish with this is, I think when you make that decision, watch Jesus move with your more. You watch him. I got so little. Last time I checked, little in the hands of God impact eternity. Little in the hands of God can restore a marriage. Little in the hands of God can help somebody become sober and break their addiction. Little in the hands of God will take someone from loneliness, someone from anxiety, someone from mental health, and find their way into family, find their way into welcome home. Why? Because we exist to change lives, and the little that I have, I'm going to put in the hands of God, and God Almighty is going to use it. I'm going to live that way. 
I'm going to live that way. Come on, clap your hands. I'm going to live that way. I'm not going to let this selfish world get on me. I was at McDonald's three weeks ago at a church. I was out early. I got in there and going to get me an Egg McMuffin, glory to God. Preacher need a little fuel. Right before I pulled up the drive-thru, lady was slow. She's yelling back at the drive-thru lady. I pull up trying to get my egg my mother. Lady gets out and throws her breakfast sandwich at the drive-thru window. Walks around, because she can't get me. Walks around yelling through my window. She's, uh, I need a McGriddle. I need a. She's about to go down. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. And she's so mean. Ain't nobody doing CPA. They got to say, R.I.P. You don't want those initials. You want CPR, not R.I.P. She threw her sandwich. She just, she, hey, I said, baby, baby, whoa, 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 sweetheart. Calm down. They will get you a McGriddle. I said, life is bigger than a McGriddle. We will get over this. I said, baby dolls, make her two McGriddles. I got her. I'm going to get you to calm down. And she just wished I gotta get to work. We're gonna get you to work, baby. We're gonna get you to work. Got her Mac Griddles. I get in the car. I said, I love, I love you. I love you. That lady at the drive-thru just traumatized. I said, I, I said, what's your name? Rita. I said, Rita, I love you so much. I said, you're the best thing that ever happened at McDonald's. My God, this place couldn't even operate without you. Come on, I, I got that $4.95. Egg McMuffin and my little Diet Coke. I said, gave her that $20 bill. Rita, you keep it. You keep all that. I'm going to bless you. I'm about to bless you right now. She's like, glory. She's like, whoa. I mean, I think she shook. Got a little shook up. It's your glory. I said, bless you. Over and above. Why not? Can I have a good amen? Hey, let's be those people. Hey, we that church. Clap your hands. We that church. We're that church. We that church. We ain't throwing that griddles at drive throughs We ain't hollering at people we don't know. We buying two of them. We giving them $20. Come on. We going over and above. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And Lord, I already sense revival. Because there's hungry hearts and humble hearts. We feel a harvest about to happen in our life. So, God, I just pray right now you would touch every life and every heart. And Pastor Herbert's going to come in a moment. Our CPs are going to help you there at every location. But maybe you're here today and you, and you just feel far from God. You just need a, you need a new beginning in your life. You, you don't want to live empty. You don't want to live empty. You just want to take the little that you got and offer it in the hands of God. Watch him move. Maybe here today and you say, I just need some forgiveness in my life. I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. I, I want to start over today. I want to start over. I'm tired of being empty. I'm tired of thinking about me, myself, and I. And I know I got my problems. I know I got my battles. I know I got my pain. But I want to get my eyes off of myself and put my eyes on Jesus and, and see what he's going to show me. So if you just say, Dean, I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to have you stand or come forward. But I do want to lead you in a prayer.
and, and, and want to pray that Pastor Herbert's going to help you take those next steps. But all across this house and every location, if you say, Dino, pray for me. I just want to, I want to, I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. Can you just lift up that hand all over this house? I see hands going up all across this room right now. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Thank you. Thank you. You can put that hand down. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud? Just say it out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, I, I, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my everything. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you died. You rose again. And I confess you as my Savior. Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. Let me live my life spilling you over to others. I've invited you into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision.